How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of the Suncast Podcast. We have two awesome interviews today. We have Noah Harsh, the ace. For the lefty ace, he's not going mid or dude. He is a wonderful pitcher, freshman for the Warner University Royals. Had some struggles against Weber, but other than that, he's been lights out this year. Speaking of Weber, we have a one-two combo, the catcher and third baseman for the Warriors, Ty Milliner and Josh Blackmore on, two of my good friends, and an awesome interview, longer episode uh, in the past few, which I enjoy. I think you'll, y'all, y'all enjoy that too. Um, with that, the one and only, you know who sponsored this show, it's El Baron. Look, I'll keep it short and sweet. Y'all know what it is. You know it's the best Brazilian food on this side of the Mississippi River. You know how it's empanadas are. You know how it's chicken power bowl is. So I don't really have too much more to explain to you. If you haven't tried it yet, that's on you. All right, and here is Mr. Noah Harsh. Okay, and we welcome on a very special guest and our co-host Scoot. I reckon he's going to sit up here, so if y'all hear him... Too bad. In fact, you know, I'm just going to move. You're breathing too heavy, brother. A very special guest from Warner University. It is the ace when he's not playing his Cross Lake rivals, Noah Harsh, the freshman. How you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good. I think ace might be a generous title. I don't know. It's, <laughs> well, uh, we got we got good arms on our staff all the way around, but absolutely, I, I appreciate it. He's young, but he's a humble kid. You got to love it. Lake Wells product. How does it feel playing for your hometown college? Well, I'm actually not a Lake Wells product. I'm, I thought I you were. In, yeah, I'm from Bradenton, Florida. So I went to Lake Ridge High School. On your thing, on your thing online, it says Lake Wells. Does it really? Yeah, it said Lake Wells. Oh, he's from Lake Wells. No, I'm definitely not from Lake Wells. Oh, okay. okay. I like well. Lake Wells, but I'm definitely not from here. No, I'm from Bradenton, Florida. Went to Lakewood Ranch High School, played there for three years, and uh, came here. I'm only an hour and a half away from home, so I wanted to stay close to home, and uh, that's kind of what brought me to Lake Wells. Uh, so to... About your college journey, did you have any interest outside of Warner, or once the Royals came knocking, you came a rocking? Um, yeah, I didn't have a whole bunch of other a whole bunch of other options. I mean, I was I was in conversations with a couple other colleges. It wasn't I wasn't a super high recruit or anything. I mean, I didn't have you know I didn't have a whole bunch of Division ones or Division twos. You know, all all knocking on my door or in my phone at all. I just kind of was, you know. Kind of passed over by uh, – I played on a really good travel ball team, mm-hmm. and we had, like, a whole bunch of big prospects. So I think I kind of got rushed under the radar. You can call it what you want. Maybe I didn't throw as well in the summer as, you know, other guys did. But, I uh, yeah, I, I kind of knew going into my senior year that where I was going to go was going to have to be a small college kind of place, whether it was a junior college or an NAIA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when Warner became an option, I was – you know, I was happy to be close to home, be playing at a you know competitive baseball school and good facilities, and so that's kind of what brought me to Warner as opposed to you know going anywhere else. But I was I'm happy to be here. I've liked where I am. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I I think Warner offers a lot because they are part of the Weber Warner rivalry, and you know Weber offers that as well. Um, it it's something that I think is very special that every conference needs to have a big rivalry. It's they're right there next to each other. Um, I say myself, I got a little, little part of that rivalry the other night at uh, P and J's. Uh, well, actually, I need to t- talk to you about that uh, after the podcast. We'll <laughs> nice. I'll tell you over that. It's all smoothed I over. It. I love yeah, it. We've, we've all smoothed it, up, smoothed it over. But oh, that's yeah, you know, the nickel beer night can get a little exciting <laughs> and frostproof. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, you've had a hell of a year. But you know, the Weber games. I mean. It, they've been a little rocky for you. Tell so, me, uh, tell me the numbers you said. Okay, right, so th- that's right. We're talking before the podcast. It was. Uh, hold on, let me let me pull them up. Uh, yeah. So, forty-one innings and seven earned runs against non-Weber teams, including an 
I think it was eight and a third shutout or seven shutout. Eight and a third against, uh, against Bellevue. Against who? Bellevue. Bellevue. And then, okay, seven. It was a seven shutout against Kaiser? Judson. No, seven, two, two earned against Kaiser. Kaiser, that's right. I, I remember the Kaiser game. I was like, okay, this kid's for real. I need to hit him up and be on the podcast. But <laughs> then you have, okay, so 41 innings, seven earned runs against non-Weber lineups. Nine <laughs> innings, 13 earned runs against Weber. What is it about Weber? I mean, yeah, is, is I the rivalry just messing with you a little bit? I don't know. I mean, there's not much I can say, <laughs> but just kind of laugh it off. I mean, it it is what it is. I think when it when it comes to baseball, baseball is such a weird game, mm-hmm. right? And and um, one of the, I sat down at the dugout this weekend, and our trainer looks at me and he goes, "Baseball is such a weird game," and it's yeah. it's really the truth because you know you can you can anybody can be anybody on any given day, obviously. And I also think there's just something to you know, like oh, historically. You just have a guy's number. And, I mean, I don't know that we're at that point yet. I mean, it's been two games, and, and yeah, your lineup has, has definitely had success against me. But I don't, I don't know if we could go so far to say as y'all have my number. I mean, the first no, game I pitched no, against yeah. y'all, I, it was definitely more competitive. It was, I think, about five innings, two earned or something like that. So it was yeah. better. Uh, you know, this weekend was, was really – I was you – know, all I can do is just tip my cap to your lineup. They, they really came out and swung it, had perfect plate approaches, and, um, and did a good job. But – yeah, I was. I was even talking to my pitching coach today, and he was telling me he was like, "Listen, you know, when I was here, you know, I would I would pitch against some of the better teams in the conference and in the country, right? And I'd mow them all down." And he said there was this kind of mediocre average team, and he goes, "For whatever reason, you know, they would put up six or seven runs on me every time." And that's not this is not me calling Weber a mediocre average team no, by no, any means, not, but it's yeah. just like you yeah, can we'll you put, can we'll, deal. We've we'll, we'll already put that on a quote card. I'm going to put it on a quote card. It's going to be up on, no, 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 on no, no, the no, Weber no, no. baseball locker room. <laughs> I have nothing to say. I promise. <laughs> I got nothing to say like that. Not in the slightest. But. It's yeah, you like you can you can be really dominant, right? And then there can just be certain players or, or certain teams that just you know they have you they got they got a scouting report on you or they you know they see something that nobody else sees and that's just baseball, it really is. And so you know it's gets to be a long four years. You know it yeah. definitely won't be the last time I pitch against the Weber lineup. So so uh, I'll see y'all again. But absolutely, uh, so something you said when. right there. You still have a long this year and then three <clears throat> excuse me three more years here at Warner assuming we don't assuming we don't have COVID 2.0 or whatever <laughs> yeah. who knows what will happen but um something that I've talked with a lot of um older guys about uh Tim Bouchard was the last guy that I talked to and something I want to tell you too I'm a little bit I'm on the the, the later half of my football career i got my good buddy DJ's been on Dude, just appreciate it. Uh, true. Just appreciate it. Like Willie Willie Carter, uh, dude for the Rome Braves, when he on, he said, "Dude, just work your ass off." Right. That's honestly the best advice I can give you. Just talking about being a freshman, you're the youngest guy we've had on. I think you're the only um, underclassman. I don't think we've had no, we've had a sophomore on. Uh, Kayla Swinson was a sophomore for is a sophomore for Weber, but uh, you're definitely the youngest baseball player I've had on. Dude, just enjoy it and just being in the spot you're at. And you, you're having a hell of a year. Don't don't get it twisted. He may have just went yard. Oh, he caught it at the wall. We're watching the, the Angels-Astros game. We know I always got to have baseball, of course. baseball on in my Always got to be on. I got to stay up late tonight, too. Braves are on at 10-10 against, against the Dodgers. When I, was, uh, when I was talking about, like, I've never been a part of a rivalry quite to the extent of, of Weber and Warner. Um, and it just goes for every sport. And so when I was thinking about, like, coming to college and what it was going to be like pitching in a rivalry game – or in just just over the course of, of rivalry series, you know, year to year, what that's going to be like, and I I just kind of got in my head, like I, I wanted to make sure I, I nailed it down in my head that 
like not to get caught up on any one game, mm-hmm. you know, because it's going to be it's I'm I'm going to pitch against Weber so many times and Weber's going to hit against me so many times and it goes for every guy on our team and your team and like we'll see each other so much over the course of how many years. So like the highs can't be too high and the lows can't be too low. Oh, there but he is. There I he think is. That's, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. It's go definitely it's definitely got to be you know a rivalry game's got to get your juices flowing a little bit and got to make you competitive, but you can't read too much into any one individual game because. You know, it, it's just going to be so many times you play each other, just given how close we are. I mean, we could scrimmage if we wanted in the fall. Like, it just, That'd be fun. Yeah, it's That'd just how many times we play each other, how many times we see each other. It's just something I've been trying to focus on. He does this every episode. He likes to grab his loudest squeaky toy. Nice. I swear he's done it like almost every episode. He, don't ever, he never brings it out when nobody's home. Here. There you go. But, um, no. He just you, wants attention. Yeah, that's all he wants. He's an attention hog. But, uh, dude, you are – an incredible pitcher for being so young. I mean, let's, let's throw out the Weber. You have a 1.56 ERA and your other, um, I believe, nine appearances. Uh, let me double check that. It, anyway, 41 innings, seven runs, a 1.56 is incredibly impressive. What has prepared you for that doing it so young? It's something that is, you know, not really hurting. You, know, you have Dylan Martin at Weber. Uh, he's a redshirt freshman. You're a true freshman. What about you and your approach to a game? And just kind of what are you like on game days that – they reel you in, dial you in, being so young. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with um, you know your preparation, and it goes from weekend to weekend. And, and we, I've pitched primarily on the weekends. We had a few midweeks early in the year, but then primarily on weekends. And whether it's been out of the pen or whether it's been a start, I've done my fair share of both. It just goes to your preparation. You know, think about just visualize throwing strikes, visualize spinning the ball well, visualize rolling over a good changeup. Um, you know, it comes where you get your pre, your work in during the week, how you work out in the weight room, you know, how you throw, you know, even just playing catch, you know, are you hitting your spots in your bullpens? A lot of it is just like your arm care. How serious are you taking your arm care? How prepared is your arm to go on Friday nights or on Saturdays? Um, and so it's, it's a lot of it's just preparation and just really just trying to stay consistent. Like if, if there's anything you have in the game of baseball, it's consistency. Like that's what makes the best players. Like because anybody can do something great one time. Right? Anybody can have one big swing or, or throw one big game, right? But it's about the guys that can do it consistently well over and over and over and over. That's what makes you a great baseball player. Because right. this game is so tedious and so difficult and is wrapped up with so much failure that like you're gonna fail most of the time. So yeah. if you can consistently, you know, do something well, if you can consistently throw strikes, you can consistently get ground balls, consistently single at the middle, you know, that's what's gonna set you apart from everybody else that can only do something great just one individual time. It's something all about baseball, especially hitting. Look, you could screw up 70% of the time. If you're getting a hit, you're getting on base 30% of the time. Right. You're one of the better guys. Ever. Um, I guess more, <laughs> yeah, more, I guess more MLB. I mean, the way this, the Sun Conference is, I don't – I've stopped trying to keep track of how many guys we have batting 400 above. I want to say it's around eight or nine right now, oh, which man. is no surprise. Guess what? That's the most of anybody in any, of any conference. Um, look, I've said it before, and I've taught a lot of guys on here. It's the best conference argue with the wall at this point, especially we've gotten now in the Sun Conference play and showing how deep it is. Looking at, uh, let's see, Weber, Kaiser, and Thomas were all teams that were ranked lower than the teams they played and won the series this weekend. Right. Shows how deep it is and how good. Um, we will talk a little bit more individual about that Kaiser Southeastern series. Do not think that has gotten – in fact, I'll probably talk about that and then put this podcast or this interview after that because – Whew, we saw that one coming. And I'll tell you how I actually predicted it a little bit, slightly. <laughs> I did hear the story. It's a good story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some more of a joke, man, whatever. So, 
let's get back a little bit back on track. So, Sun Conference is the best conference, and you have played very well in it outside of Weber. But um, what what about this conference makes it so good? Yeah, is, there's definitely no reason to argue that it's the best conference uh, in the country. I mean, I think uh, like it was just a weird weekend just across the NAI. If you really think about it. Um, but this conference, really what you'll, what you'll see in this conference, and you know, if there are any freshmen coming into this conference next year that are listening, I would want them to hear, like, this conference is going to make you a man. Oh, you know, yeah. It's either going to make you a man or it's going to make you quit because yep. it is brutal. I mean, even the games you win. Like, we beat Kaiser last weekend, obviously, but we hung on for dear life. I mean, yeah. we, we were in a position where we were facing Bouchard with, with bases loaded, two outs, hanging on to a one-run lead. Like, the, nothing comes easy. There's not one out or one game that comes easy in this conference. You never feel comfortable. Well, we were down at Ave um, a couple weekends ago, and we took game one on Friday. Uh, and we were playing Saturday morning. We were taking BP, and I was over talking to the Ave coach. And, you know, we were, we were just exchanging pleasantries just about, um, you know, the game the day before and, and what's going forward the rest of the season. And I was like, listen, coach, if you think we feel comfortable, like, you got to be off your rocker because there are too many teams in this conference that are too good and can beat anybody on, every, on any given day to feel comfortable at any point. Like, yeah. we're at a point where we're 10 and 8 in the conference, which is respectable, but we're not done yet. We're not, we haven't clinched yet. We're not in. I mean, we have, we have work to do. We have to go up to, you know, Georgia this week and play a Thomas team that just beat maybe the hottest team in the conference in Buford. So Absolutely. it's like, what, I mean, what, where's the break? There's no break there, at no. all. I mean, I mean, even even this Thomas team, like they've struggled in the conference this year. It's been a tough year. I think they've, I, from what I understand, I think they're playing a lot of freshmen. They have a they have a younger team, but they've still like they're better than a lot of the northern teams. You think oh, a lot absolutely. of teams from Illinois and no, you and, try, uh, and you know, I, the Midwest. It's like they're still better than them. So by no means are, is any game an easy win. Yeah, drop these teams who are kind of lower in the conference. Uh, Ave a little bit Flomo who. I, who has gotten? They've surprised oh my me how word. well they, they, they're is doing. Flomo a different conversation. And then Thomas, you throw throw them in any conference. I guarantee they're not at the bottom of that conference. Respectfully, Definitely I not. guarantee that. But um, so let's talk a little bit about you with baseball and whatnot. You said you're a Yankees fan, right? Oh man, I did. Yeah, had, had to bring that. I don't up. know if I can. I don't know, I'm, a, I'm a Yankee man. I got so many Yankee fans on this podcast. I mean, you're probably the third or fourth one. I'm both a Yankees fan and a Warner baseball player sitting in a in a Weber guy's apartment <laughs> with Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Braves fan? Georgia Bulldog. Oh yeah, you love love it. But so, who, who are some guys uh, in the MLB right now, or maybe retired? Um, who are some guys you? like to model your game after maybe you're struggling and you watch what they do or just who are some guys that you like mm. i mean man and as far as the big leagues go i i he just got hurt which is sad because he's on my fantasy team but john means is a really good one mm. if you're a left-handed pitcher if you're a left-handed changeup specialist uh, i think john means is about as good as he gets he he like i said he did just get hurt and he's on the aisle for about 60 days but go look up some highlights of john means pitching and, and that dude rolls over a really good changeup Works the fastball to both sides of the plate. I think he's, you know, a pretty good, uh, pretty good role model for a lefty. I also like watching Max Fried a lot. Max Fried is a little bit more of a big breaking ball That's guy. My dog. That's um, my dog. That is true. You're a Braves guy. My dog. Um, I didn't even think about that before I said that. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> Max Fried, yeah, lefty. As a lefty, you know, I like watching Max Fried, the big breaking ball. Um, and then, I man, you can't argue Kershaw. Like I watched Kershaw's outing the other day against Minnesota, where he punched out 13. <sighs> And it was like, this guy looks like he's 22 again, you oh. know, putting up MVP numbers. Uh, actually, that's, that brings me to another scenario for you. You're in the exact same situation as Kershaw, and your coach is going to pull you after seven and 80 pitches. What do you say? 
And let's say you're 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 a grown man, a 19 year old talking to a grown man. Mm. Well, from Kirsch, from Kirsch's perspective, I get why he did it. Right, he's at a point. It's early in the year. Very first early. start. First start. start. Right. Short spring, Short spring training. training. And Kirsch is at a point in his career where if he gets hurt, he's probably done. Like if he has Tommy John, you know, or or he ends up having a. a Torn rotator cuff or, or has a labrum issue, Kershaw's probably done. He probably won't ever return to the same form again. So for his sake, he's just got to watch his health and understand that, you know, he doesn't have 10 years to rehab from an injury. He's Absolutely. probably only got four or five good years left, so he's got to take care of those. If you're in a position where you've locked up a win, you know, if you're up six or seven, I don't remember what the score was when he came out. It was a lot to a If you're it in a position a where, you've, where you've locked up a win, Kershaw's already thrown the no-hitter. A perfect game's a perfect game, I, you know, I... I've never, I've never been anywhere close to that, but yeah. I, to me, I'm happy with a win. Like, I'll take a, I'll take a win, and, and I don't need to be selfish. Like, mm-hmm. if, if we're in a position where my team's gonna win a ball game, and, and I don't have to, you know, I'm not gonna push myself to get hurt, then let's do it. But so, me personally, the way I think, if it would have been just a no hitter, says he gave up walk error, whatever. I think that's one thing. No hitters, they seem a little bit more common nowadays with this kind of home run yeah. and nothing era. Yeah. There was a ton last year. Bumgarner. Um, yeah, seven the, inning. I guess the Braves. Um, a seven inning. Was, I don't know if that counts or not. But mm. um, I think a perfect game's a little different, dude. I mean, there's been 27 – no, 23. Perfect games? I think that's right. Yeah, that's something, right. somewhere in that range. My Baseball history, well. I'll tell you what, I'm trying to do this off for real. I haven't done this trick yet, but we're talking baseball history. And try see how far back I can go with every World Series winner. And if you want to, you can pull it up on your phone oh, and check me. Look up, look up a list. I'm trying to try to see how far I can go. All right. So obviously, the reigning, defending World Series champions, the Atlanta Braves, uh, Mickey Mouse World Series, the Dodgers, sixty games didn't count. Marlins man wasn't even in the stands for any of the games, so that didn't count. Nobody was in the stands. Marlins wow. man wasn't there. There you go. All right. So Braves, Dodgers. And then we go Nationals in 19, 18 Red Sox, 17 Astros, 16 Cubs, 15 Royals, 14 Giants, 13 Red Sox, 12 Giants, 11 Cardinals, 10 Giants, 9 Yankees, 8 Phillies, okay, 7 Red Sox, 6, hmm. This is where it gets tough for me too. Mm. I would have a hard time here. Mm. I can go back to about 2008. Mm. All right. 2006, Cardinals? That's correct. It is a Cardinals. 2005. <sighs> Shit. Not the Red Sox, is it? This is would actually Sox? confuse you because both of these teams are American League teams now. The teams that were in the World Series that year are both currently American League teams. But one was it, the, it was the White Sox and the Astros. Yes. White Sox won. Wow. Yep. Impressive. Thank you. I needed that one. Yeah. Um, four. 2004. Red Sox. Yep. 2003. I know 2002 was the Angels. 2003. With the Marlins. Yeah. 2001. I got to go further back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. Um, 2001. Diamondbacks. Yeah? Yes. I want to see how far you can go. 2000 Yankees, 99 Yankees, 98 Yankees. Yeah. 97 Blue Jays. Nope. No Yankees. Nope. No. 97. I think that's where I got you. Yeah. (laughs) 
1997, the world champions were the Miami Marlins. Florida Marlins. Florida Marlins. Marlin. That's right. Knew it. All Miggy. Right, right, Miggy was right. young. Hit the home run off Clemens. That was in, uh, was that 97? That might have been 03. I was going to say, I was going to take my bad. I was going to say, man, Miggy ain't that damn old. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. 96. Was 96 the lockout? Uh, no. 96 wasn't. 94 was the lockout. 96 was the Blue Jays or the Yankees? Yankees? Yep. The Yankees, 95 Braves. 94 was the lockout. 94 was the lockout. 93 Blue Twins nope. or Blue Jays? Yep. Blue Jays. 92 was the Blue Jays. Yeah. 91 was the Twins. Oh, my word. <laughs> I'm think, majorly impressed. I mean, that. I think that's probably about as far back as I that's can That's really go. impressive. I, uh, that's really I, impressive. I, I'll give up on that. Who won 1990? Uh, 90 was the Cincinnati Reds. The that. big red machine. That. That's right. Wow. Fun. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, some, that's a little party trick. Um, yeah, I do it in front of my girlfriend all the time. I start listening to this. She just puts on headphones. Yeah, it's fine. Well, I do it. I didn't do that. She I never, couldn't care less. No, I haven't even done that for the Weber guys yet. I think you might be the, you're the first person I've done that. All right. Now, now we're talking – we're talking World Series. That's Can nice. I ask a question? Let's, let's go. Let's talk – now, we're, we're two individual teams okay. and, and each of our pathways to a World Series. Because I do think a World Series is something that's at least – at least a goal of ours, and I think it's definitely a goal of yours. Talking about Yankees, right? And uh, no, 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 no. No, I'm talking. I'm oh, talking Weber. Talking Weber. Talking about. Talking, about we're talking Lewis in Idaho now. Yeah, we're, we're talking Lewis. Back to NAI ball. Okay. Path to a World Series. What do you think that looks like for you guys? Okay, so for path for Weber is first we need to take two or three against St. Thomas and then sweep Thomas. That ball guy. I hate. They're doing terrible camera angles. Every flop ball is going like to the fucking roof. Um. Anyways. Um. Sorry, I'm trying not to cuss as much on this podcast. Anyways, um, so we need to win five of our next six games. Hopefully six of six. That would be awesome. Um, Sweeps are hard to come by in this conference. It's very hard. Um, <laughs> look, I have a, I had at the beginning of the year. I'm still rocking with it. I think it would be us and St. – not St. Thomas, but Southeastern in the conference final. I don't know if that is still a possible scenario. Mm. I still like us in a – Series against um, against uh, Southeastern. I'll tell you why. What you're one of the, I think you're the only guy this year that we have now seen two times in a start. What happened the second time? Yeah, wasn't wasn't great for me. I think this lineup is unbelievably disciplined, and this team. Be careful what I say. This team has turned things around and has turned a corner, mm-hmm. and is playing the ball it was playing at the beginning of the year. Right. So, so we're going to need – hopefully hopefully we can dominate early on. Maybe get X and Dylan out early. In a Southeastern series. No, no, I'm sorry. You're I'm talking sorry. about – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. St. Thomas I'm, so, I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm talking about – so I'm talking about now opening round conference. Co- conference tournament. Conference tournament. Okay. Um, okay. Because that's where the road, road to Lewiston started. Uh, definitely. We're at 33 wins. If we get five wins, we'll be at 38, win two games at least. That'll be 40. That's pretty much an, you pretty well figure you're making a regional. I would, I would be surprised regional. if you get snubbed at 40. I would agree with that. Yeah, I pretty, a pretty good chance you're going to make a regional at that point. There'll be four teams, I think. I five think teams in a regional. There'll be four teams from the Sun Conference that have a good chance of going. Should it be five or six? Yeah, absolutely should. 
Um, unfortunately for a team like USCB, who is who struggled early on in the year, they're going to look at that record. Um, unless they win the tournament. Unless they win the tournament, which that would be some shit. Uh, it's happened before. Yeah. Um, put USCB in there. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. they can. Exactly. They can. And exactly. it just shows that uh, there's that's, any, dude, anything that's can happen why in this the tournament. Is, yep. I will be. I will most likely be in West Palm Beach. Um, Breathing in a brown paper bag, in and out slowly. Oh my God. Just, I'm gonna be it's a sweating mess. Hopefully, doing a lot of, lot of interviews of Weber baseball players after the game. I'll be excited. So, so do that. Uh, get a, get a regional, and then it's simple. Win, win the regional. Yeah. Um, bullpen needs to be a little better. Bullpen. If bullpen steps it up, I think we are a top five team in the country. Because hmm. when our bullpen was on fire. Nobody was beating us. Good teams. Good teams. Nobody was coming down there and beating us. And I think it's a similar path for y'all. How, how many wins are y'all at now? Yeah, we're at 34 right so now. So y'all kind of in that so same boat. We would love to get – we would love our, – our just a goal as a team is to get to 40 regular season, right? And right now we have eight regular season games left. So we'd have to go six and eight. Or sorry, uh, six and two. Before you present, I'm sorry. Weber has seven games left. We have a makeup game with Southeastern. With Southeastern, that's right. I forgot oh. about that. Yeah. yeah, we have eight games, eight regular season games. We'd love to win. Of course, you'd love to win all eight. Mm-hmm. But six is the goal. We'd love to hit 40 regular season wins. We feel like at that point, you know, if those six wins equivalent to, you know, being a, a high seed in the conference tournament, being maybe a three seed, then we feel like at that point we're probably going to be in. A 40-win regular season team, a top three seed in the tournament. We think that probably gets us in. Of course, that is not guaranteed by any means. No. <laughs> I mean, things I can go south quick. But will, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but before yeah. I forget, I would be very mad if the committee looks at conference ratings a whole lot more than NAIA victories. NCCAA victories, okay. That's mm, one yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. They're still you. good programs. I get you. Fort Lauderdale is a hell of a program that may be in the NAIA soon. We'll get into that on a – that's a summer episode that we'll do. And we don't have <laughs> Jack go. all to talk about um, possible teams to be in the Sun Conference soon. It's a segment that we'll be on. Anyways, um, because you look at – it could be a four or five seed, y'all, Weber. That's a two seed, one right. seed. We actually have – conferences. We actually have a – we could be anywhere from the two seed to the six seed. Like the, I don't think we're at a point where we control our own destiny to be in the two seed. I think some people have to lose. Yeah. But like, there is a scenario where we could be the two seed, and there's a scenario where we could be the six seed or even lower. Now, I, I do think there we will be in. The, well, I, I think yeah. we'll be in, but y'all, still. What, so y'all have eight games left. Who are they against? So we have three against Thomas. Two against Fort Lauderdale. So just throw them out. Six games. Two right? against Fort Lauderdale. So three Thomas, three St. Thomas. Same as you guys. Same as us. Just flip flop. Same as you guys. Right. And they're both on the road. Ooh. So, St. Thomas is a tough place to play. It's tough to go down there and win. They're, that's a good program. And Thomas yeah. is a tough place to play just because of the drive. A little bit. We're actually playing in Tallahassee on Friday night in Florida State. Really? That's kind of fun. Yeah, that is cool. About that. So Thomas is in Thomasville, Georgia, which is less than an hour away from where I'm from. Is it really? And nice. I've never heard of them until I got here. Nice. Never heard of the Nighthawks. I'm like, they're in Thomasville? So, <laughs> they're all the time. So talk, talk to me through this scenario. and. Through, through each scenario, if, if you guys were – like if you guys were in the tournament – I because yeah. one, it would be really rude of me to get on here and assume you guys don't make the tournament. And two, I really believe you they guys – They were the five seed. I really believe you'll make the tournament. We'll make the tournament. 
I think you'll make the tournament off the podcast or on the podcast. I'll say it publicly. I think you'll be in. But if you're talking me through a four, five, and six seed. So if you're a four seed, what does that look like? If you're a five seed, what does that look like? And if you're a six seed getting Southeastern first, what what does that game look like? Do you think you see Rob Adams that game? Do you think they go with somebody else? I think we definitely see Rob Adams that day considering we played him and Drew Gillespie very, very tough Mm -hmm. for the majority of – the games, uh, it was, excuse me, the majority of the innings in games one and two. I think we will see them right off the bat. Um, and I don't think the mindset of the team will really change. I think they know what Southeastern is. They know they were hoping to see a team like them in uh, the conference final. Um, that was my prediction since day one of this, one of the first segments of this podcast. And I would be – dude, I'm, I still think if we're in a series against Southeastern, I think we can beat them. Or I think if we're in – if we can like get that one game. game or a one-game – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in a one-game – I mean, game one, let's say we play Southeastern first. The winner of that game will play the loser of – I don't know, whatever. Throw out what Warner – USCB. Mm-hmm. So y'all are two teams playing. That's yeah, that's feasible. Respect to those two lineups. I think Weber has a better lineup than Warner. I think Weber has a better lineup than um, USCB. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we can argue that or whatever. I I think they're better. So I think if Southeastern sees us, we'll most likely see Rob. Just okay. because we we hit uh, Drew a lot better. Okay. Which I mean, Rob is Rob. Um, I was, that's. I don't know though, because I don't know their coach that well. I've met him once. Coach Dinkle. Yeah, I met mm-hmm. I met Dinkle once. Um, it was when I was looking for their women's basketball coach, mm. actually, to do an interview. Coach Tim Hayes. Okay. Uh, it was a really good interview. I was one. Of my, I think that was my first interview actually on this podcast. Uh, yeah, no, whoever that coach is, sure he's got it right. Yeah. The women's basketball there. They're, they're insane. <laughs> I mean, that's something I always wanted to highlight on this podcast too, because I was like, this is the best team in this conference. Of any sport? Of any sport. Southeastern women's basketball? I I think Southeastern women's basketball is the best team sport. Yeah, you might be right. You might Um, be right about that. Well, actually, I don't know. Their baseball does have a national championship. So Mm -hmm. that kind of goes away. But six straight conference and six straight regular season titles is pretty hard. They've been – they lost by a point in the Final Four this year. They were the far and away the best team in 2020 when they – when COVID hit. But, no, that's – I think they'll win it again next year, but um, yeah, let's keep uh, let's just keep on with these scenarios. I'm having I'm having fun with them. Th- throw some more at me. So let's say let's say you got um, let's say you're the five seed. Okay? All right, so five seed. You're the five seed, All right. right? And uh, which is okay. I think that's pro- most of will probably be four or five. I think that's where Weber's going to be sitting at. And so you know, at this point, a lot of work would have to be done to move St. Thomas from the two seed. So you have St. Thomas, 5-2. You play the winner of 3-4. Okay. Okay. So what is – what do you do? You think you're going to be in a position to where you're going to have to win two games in the tournament to make an opening round? Do you think you're going to be in a position to where you're going to have to only win one? Or do you think you're going to have to be in a position where you're going to have to make a deeper run than even that? Because, like, if, if a six seed comes in there, like a Flomo, right, gets in a six, or Buford gets in a six and comes in and wins it, like – They're in. That's, that messes everybody up. Because, like you said – I do think they probably only take four teams from our conference. Mm. And there's definitely five deserving. And arguably, if, this, if that six team wins the tournament, then they're in. 
and only three more are getting in, and two teams are getting snubbed. So, like, what does that look like? Okay, so I think for Weber and a lot of teams, I think 40 wins is a pretty common goal, and I think that's what Weber's looking at now. 33 wins now, so they would need to win seven of their eight regular season games. And respect to Thomas, but we got to go sweep their ass. I mean, right. they, they got to come here on our last weekend at, uh, in Babson Park, and I think we can get three there. Two against St. Thomas and then one against Southeastern, who that will be – I don't know how that game is going to play out. It will be an interesting one to see. I assume it will be the way it was. It will be a bullpen game. And, brother, that game was two innings in. It was two to two. And there was going to be a home run derby that game. So, <laughs> we'll see if it stays like that or not. Um, now, that game is going to be interesting because it's coming off the St. Thomas weekend. So, it's three games in a row against St. Thomas and, and then, then that Sunday. So, it will definitely be bullpen. So, answer your question. All depends what happens these next couple weeks. Right. If we go seven and eight, we're 40 wins, probably at that point a three seed. Win one game, 41, get the second round, maybe drop one. Seven and eight with how many conference wins in those seven? That would be Uh, be seven of eight. Seven of eight. Okay, yeah, so that would be seven. That would be seven. That would be, that'd be Ooh, seven one in our conference. That's three. Order. Three Thomas. That would be, that'd so have be, to be 15, three. 15 wins at that point in the conference. No, um, I'm sorry. That would be six. Six and one. That'd be six of seven because it'd be three. We'd take two against uh, St. Thomas. Thomas. The one against Southeastern. Pick up the three against uh, mm-hmm. Thomas. The one loss to St. Thomas. Which I'll be real. I think there's a decent chance we may sweet. I think it's a good chance the way we're playing Ooh. ball. Mm. You saw that lineup firsthand. Yeah. If X and Dylan go out there. I don't know. It's hard for me to talk sweeps in our conference. Personally. Yeah, yeah. Honor, it's hard for me to right. talk sweeps. I mean, it doesn't happen. It, it, it's rare it happens. You know, Kaiser got Weber. Weber got Ave. I'm trying to think of others. There's been a few. I mean, not uh, St. Thomas. Well, Buford. Buford was tough on y'all. We swept Buford. two or three. That's right, they did. I mean, and That's y'all what's sweep. so weird. Is we yeah. sweep Buford. Buford beats y'all. Y'all beat us. We beat Kaiser. Kaiser beats y'all. It's like what? Yeah. It's it's this cycle of everybody beats everybody until until you play Southeastern. What what, what if Thomas just sweeps us and or sweeps y'all and sweeps us? Well, Thomas is out. Mathematically, they're out. If Thomas sweeps, like that would be some real a hole stuff if if they did that. If Thomas sweeps both of us, then one of us is out. But hey, I'm not I'm not laughing too hard because no, yeah, I've seen weirder things. So, um, look, you're young, you you got a long college career ahead, so I'm not going to really ask what your future is. Your future's here in Lake Wells. What are some of your goals for Warner in the future? I'm going to talk a little bit in the short term, I'm going to talk right now future, or mm-hmm. let's talk years. What are some things to get on that southeastern level? Because let's face it, that's where what right. even – or St. Thomas, they, they have a huge history. Being like us, Kaiser – um, us, I meant Weber, but us like Warner Weber and Kaiser USCB, they're fighting to be that Southeastern and kind of same time. Obviously, Southeastern. So, what's your future and where do you want to see the Warner baseball program in the coming years? Yeah, so short term, I mean, this year it's just it's, let's get to Lewiston. You know, that's mm. that's the goal is get to Idaho, get to the World Series. You know, the, that is the tallest order in the NAIA. So, yeah. you know, that's by no means do I think that's an easy road or, or that's a you know, commonly traveled road, but this year, you know, we're at a point where we're, uh, you know, we're, we feel like we're close. We're, we're so close yet so far, right? I feel like that's what every team feels. It's like you want to get in, you want to clinch, and then you want to get an opening round, and then you get an opening round, you're three wins away from Lewiston, 
but like that's just such that's so close but so far away. So short term, let's let's just get to Lewiston, you know, see what happens there. We think we can make noise and we feel like we can, you know, compete with anybody in the country. Um, long term, I believe I believe like in a in a, like a life philosophy statement of leaving everything better than you found it. Right? So whatever that is, leave things better than you found it. And I don't think, you know, my college baseball program is excluded from that. I think, you know, in three or four years when I step away from this program, I want it to be better right better then than it is right now. So I want it to have better recruits then. You know, I want it to have better facilities then. I want it to be a more competitive team then. I want it to be, you know, a team that, like you said, is is nationally recognized like a Southeastern. You know, obviously it takes years and years to get there, but um, the, the goal is really just leave everything better than you found it. So, you know, if that's your philosophy, you know, even as isn't as an individual, as a pitcher, you know, I want to, I want my senior self to be better than my freshman self is. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's my, those are my long-term baseball goals is, you know, whatever happens baseball wise after my time at Warner's done, whether that's playing at the next level or not, I just want Warner university better than I found it, you know, in August. Awesome. Um, and that's my, that's my immediate goal beyond that. You know, I, it's hard for me to put any eggs in any basket and, and you know <laughs> say you know oh I'm gonna I'm gonna play pro ball or I'm not gonna play pro ball I got no idea oh, you're, you know you're, I, you're so you're so young dude you're a freshman and <laughs> look I mean how much I've changed I mean my goals have changed since my freshman year in Missouri right to now I mean I just can't imagine telling 19 year old me hey you're gonna be um, a play-by-play commentator for your school in Florida where you're also playing football at, oh, by the way, you're going to have a podcast where you're covering the entire conference. My mind may have just exploded. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I think, I don't know if you're a religious guy or not or anybody listening, but I think God has a plan for everything. Absolutely. I think God God put me in Missouri for a reason, and God said, hey, it's time to... And then I found myself down here, and look, I'm loving what I do, and I love your mindset of... Um, Leave it better than you found it. Something mm-hmm. I, I really like because, um, see, I've experienced a lot of success um, when I played high school football. And if, I, if my high school used to suck, dude, we used to get the crap beat out of us when I was like 2010. And it took the guys from like 2010 and 2016, 17 to really help build that program up. Left it better than they found it. Mm-hmm. And my senior year, or my junior year, we're 14 and one. Nat, uh, State champs. I love it. Senior year, fifteen and zero. State champs. Got to nice. play for a national championship, and they're still that's power. Sick. Lee County, baby, it's a freaking powerhouse. That's sick. And that's just what I'm trying to do here at Weber too. Right. Um, you know, I don't. Weber's probably not a team that'll compete on the national level. We'll we'll, we'll compete in the Sun Conference these next two yeah. years, absolutely. But you know, in the national level, maybe not. Um, but hopefully, I could look back five years after I left and be like, mm-hmm. hey, we were part of that team that won the 2022 right, Sun conference, conference in exactly. 23 and we got our maybe get a round or two deep in my right. senior year and then I look back and now Weber is on that you know Kaiser level in mm-hmm. football Kaiser is very southeastern like they they were a mm-hmm. quarterfinal team last year oh dang semifinal no that was maybe been a year before they're quarterfinal one year semifinal the year before either way mm-hmm. Powerhouse, and I think we're we're very close to that level with Weber football. Um, I think a lot of that. I think just how well this all season has gone really came because of the game against Warner, dude. I mean, we kicked the football the, game, dude. We kicked the shit out of. I wasn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't go. I heard, obviously, but we, I can't speak for our football team. I'll at least say, yeah, that. I got nothing. To I, say it, it was a good. You know, I mean, it was fun. I mean, it was. It's a struggle that year. I tell you, 
by the game, I had the flu. Michael Jordan-like? Michael Jordan-like. Nice. But I didn't even punt. We didn't need to punt. It was 17 <laughs> to 28. But it was my good friend. That was friend. the best comment. Yeah. Ever, man. <laughs> uh, my good friend, senior on the team, his last football game ever. He's a GA now. Uh, okay. Austin Smith. Smitty, he was our kicker. So I'm a holder. Okay. Dude, I'm a hell of a holder. I'm, a, I'm an okay punter, but I'm a hell of a holder. I put it on the spot, laces out every time. And I – dude, here's – so we usually do like a pregame meal and stretch all that. I show up about 15 minutes before kickoff, do some holes before the game. I'm dead. They were like regular fat. Whoa, Scoot. Jesus. Oh. Okay. I can't even say what Scoot's doing on this podcast. He's being a freak. Um – Jesus. Okay, that might be. All right, I might mean I'm like I don't even, I can't even say anything else after that. Scoop. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, I think we're going. This might be one of the longest interviews I've done. Well, it's no, in person. That it's in person helps. too. Yeah, it's, really I mean, it's that, and it's like one person too. That's definitely the longest one person one I've done. Oh wait, <laughs> no, I love my buddy DJ now, but that's like one of my best friends. He's one of those guys I, t- I told you about earlier. Dude, he's a fifth year senior. He's been at Weber five years. Um, Golfer, he, right? Golfer, yeah. yeah. He talked about how awesome Weber was and how much it's changed. You're a young guy, and you'll see Warner change. Right. Um, but in your short time at Warner, what makes uh, being a Royal so special? Oh, man. I mean, I think I think I have – that. that's a question that I can, I can kind of answer now, but I can probably answer better a couple years down the road. Um, yeah, because you're, I mean, you're young. I mean, this yeah. year, this year, obviously, we're doing something baseball-wise that we haven't done in a long time. So that's that's been the the mm. you know the, the pinnacle of the year is you know we're we're on pace to win you know games or we've already have and we're on pace to you know win games more than we have in you know nearly twenty years. So you know that's that's a lot of fun. There's a good vibe around playing ball. But you know, additionally, I've just I've enjoyed classes. I've enjoyed my my professors. I'm a commu- communication major. As I stumble over saying that word, yeah. I'm a communication major, even though I don't Can't communicate well it. sometimes. Uh, it's it, I just I've enjoyed the experience. It's a small college, and you know I know a lot of people, and it's it's a tight knit community. I'm sure a lot like Weber is. Yep. And so that, that 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 makes it special in and of itself. You're in a small town. Like there's not a lot else in this town other than Weber and Warner. You know, there's like you said, there's yeah. PJs and there's probably the Coop and there's yeah. All Stars. You know, <laughs> so that's. It's it's kind of it's kind of homey. It's kind of fun. It makes the baseball games fun. It makes the football games fun. It makes the basketball games fun. Um, you know, it, it really just don't not don't limit yourself to one thing. You know, that say make makes the schools like it'd be sad if I got on here and was like, well, baseball is great, but everything else about Warner sucks. Yeah. That's not true. That'd be really sad. But you know, baseball is just a part of my experience at college that I've really enjoyed, and and you know, it makes me look forward to being a Royal for the next few years and. You know, being a part of rivalry games, both as a player and, you know, sometimes as a fan at a football game or a basketball game or whatever that means. But, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been good. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, call the Lake Wells and Babson Park area home. He just walked in a run. Dude for the Angels just walked in a run. No, I mean, I mean it's going. Warner's going. Now, it does have a beach. How Weber has a beach. It also doesn't have my boy El Baron. Uh, you have a beach, don't you? We do have a little beach. You're supposed to have a beach party there. You're supposed to get us some kegs and you're supposed to be a little <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll see, but we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> but uh, look, no, look. That's all the questions. Oh wait, actually, I do have one more. Uh, yeah, I have one more. Um, I want to talk about your lineup, dude, because y'all have a solid. Like I snubbed you a little bit, saying Weber has a better lineup. It's not about much. Um, that was that Logan Flood and Trey Woosley. Right. Woosley hit. Let me think. I would probably say the second. No, 
third furthest home run, mm. by my estimation, mm. at Hard to Florida Field, now Brad Kneehammer Field. You remember that? And uh, was like, it off your lefty? Oh God, who was it against? That was, was a while hard. back. I'm thinking one, one at our place way back beginning of the year. I can't remember was, who it was. That was one of the one moments that I think your your lefties has shown some. some I think interest. it may it may have been Martin. It may have been may have been done. Do you remember the pitcher? Remember yeah. the remember the pitcher had long hair? Yep. It was Dylan. Well, I know I know who Dylan is. Okay. okay. We, that we, law. You know we we do some scouting too. Okay. Oh, y'all do a little scouting We're too. We're aware of you. But no, no, Trey. He's a smart. That was I think Trey got yeah. That was uh that was a left on left hanging breaking ball I think. Yeah. And Trey hit that hit thing. That was his first of the year. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. he backflipped the crap out of it. Uh. As a team, like, we're kind of on board. You know, coaching staff doesn't love that quite as much. You know, I, here's the thing about bat flipping. I don't think – I don't have a problem with guys bat flipping as a pitcher. Like, I, I gave up a grand slam on Saturday. If the dude would have bat flipped, I'd have no problem with it. Because if you get a home run off me, like, you've earned the right to bat flip. You know, as long as if I strike you out in a big situation, I can look – I can stare back at you. You know, it's just – it's the competitive nature of the yeah. game. But, uh, yeah, Woosley and Flood, man, it's – like, you – I would respectfully disagree with your comment, obviously, and I think I have no, to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. Our lineup, man, we have uh, we're as a team, we're like the uh, I think second or third average wise in the conference. Um, I think we're definitely behind Southeastern and maybe slightly behind Kaiser. Well, I feel like we might be right in that two, three, or four range as far as average wise goes. And it's just been every guy. I mean, Woosley, obviously, the the NCAA transfer from Murray State has has just mashed all year, doubles and home runs. Mostly just doubles. He's he's had pretty good at bats and brings some power from the left side. Like you said, Ro- Logan Flood. I'm pretty convinced he's a robot. I mean, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I truly think that guy is just he's automatic. And when he gets hot, man, he gets hot like nobody else. Uh, yeah. He's really patient at the plate. He doesn't swing and miss a whole lot. Uh, he's, he takes his walks. He drives and runs. Uh, and when he gets into a ball, he can really he hit a ball on top of the warehouse on, in left center field at our place one time. Jesus. I forget who it's against, but. Um, and it's not just those two. Those two are the most obvious, but I think what makes our lineup so good is the fact that it's deeper than just two, right? Like Casey right. Mawinney hits right behind yep. uh, Trey Woosley. And quietly, Casey is hitting 370-plus. You know, he's having quite the year with a whole bunch of RBIs. Tyler Brown's in the two spot. He's got like 11 yeah. jacks on the year. solid. You know, we, and, and Brandon Cross is at the top of the lineup, and he's, he's had a really good year. It just it goes up and down. Josh Strickland's in the sixth spot. He hits 300. It's just – it's a deep lineup. It really is. Yeah, and, it is. Absolutely. You know, it obviously has hot and cold games like every lineup does. But, man, when, when our lineup gets going, it's – it is it is really tough to pitch against. I um, talked with Casey. It was in between innings, uh, game three against Southeastern. I was out there with my boy Seth uh, just, okay. just out there just chilling, watching the game. Right. Weber was – I think they were at Kaiser or something. They're like, you want to drive up to Lakeland and watch this? And we're like, yeah, sure. Oh, okay, um, so you were at the Lakeland. Yeah, yeah, we, we were out there and right there with some uh, cans of Coca-Cola in our hand. Uh, and I, I was like, what's up, Casey? And just like, told him, hey, man, listen to Suncast. And he was like, this was like when, when I first started the podcast, right. before I started doing interviews and stuff. But, um, no, that's all the questions I got for you, man. I really appreciate it. I'm congrats being a pretty, pretty sure the youngest person and the first royal on the podcast. Yeah. Got to get Logan and uh, Trey, some other guys out here. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I know the Warriors and Royals don't like each other very much. So nah, we try to keep I, I try. We, I try to keep, keep we, that. We'd be cordial when we can, but I don't know how much success yeah. you're going to have getting Royals on here. But yeah, you know, we'll uh, see what we can do. We'll see. Well, I do appreciate you coming <laughs> Absolutely. on, Absolutely. It's been yeah. a blast. If you have any questions for me, fire away. If not, I'm all good. It's been a blast. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all good. I, I wanted to you know, at least get your take on the, on the conference. And, yeah. 
And what's gonna happen? It's gonna be a lot, it's gonna be a good last couple weeks. Oh, if, it's it, about fire. if the last two weekends or anything like Ooh. this last weekend was, man, it's gonna come down to Crazy. a game or two. Like, Crazy! Wow, who knows yeah. what to believe? All right, it's been man. Good deal. I really appreciate fun. it. Yes, Absolutely, sir. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Have sir. a good one. All right, and that will do it for this interview. We got the losing side of the Weber Warner series, and now I welcome on two very special guys, Mr. Josh Blackmore and Tom Milliner of the Weber International University Warriors. All right, we welcome on two very special guests, one, two of my very good friends from the Weber International University baseball team. Got my Georgia boy, fellow Georgian, Todd Milliner. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Good, man. And we got the pretty boy, Josh Blackmore, behind the plate. Josh, how's it going? Going real good. How's it going with you? Good. Josh thought we were going to start talking about the Warner series. I think Todd did, too. That was before I found out. He thinks the Florida University or the University of Florida football team has been better the past few years than the University of Georgia. Todd, what do you say to that? Uh, he just need to be humbled, man. Man, Josh pretty much been humbled the past five years. So, like, bro, it, it, it it's yeah. it's been like what thirteen years since they won a ring. Man, that's forever. Right? Yeah, two thousand eight. Something like fourteen. <laughs> Couldn't be me. I was about four months ago, ain't that right, Todd? Well, I was about four months ago when we won. Exactly. Can't yeah. Relate, Can't relate. Yeah. Oh, I gotta say, it's Kyle Trask. How was that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that one time y'all beat us the last decade. I remember that. Easy, easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, these are two of my guys. Um, great interview. It's one that's been in the making for a while. Um, I wanted to wait after a big series win to have you two guys on, and that's exactly what we did have. Uh, against Warner, we had to get two or three. We're looking for the sweep, unable to get it. Um, Ty, start with you, then we'll go to Josh. Just give me your thoughts on the series and how big it is to get a series win over our Cross Lake rivals. Uh, felt good. Um, uh, we put it on them like we were supposed to. Uh, second game, when we put up the 18th spot, uh, that's the type of uh, team we should have been like like past few conference games, but we just it just hasn't gone that way for us. And I feel like now we're back on track and could have had the sweep. Uh, uh, did a couple things around that third game, but overall it was a great weekend to put us back on track. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but the young man that y'all hung eleven on that started, he is. The other part of this podcast today, he's the interview right before y'all. I wanted to let him on to just talk with him. Uh, I to- told y'all the stats earlier, I believe. No, yeah, I told y'all earlier. He's allowed 41 innings. Excuse me, 41 innings. Uh, he's allowed seven earned runs against non-Weber lineups. And then in the Weber, he's been in nine innings and allowed 13. So he's an all right pitcher. He's a young guy, freshman. Uh, I think he's a good kid, but – I hope he just continues to struggle against Weber. All right, uh, Josh, go ahead with uh, your thoughts on the series, brother. Uh, well, uh, as a team, we haven't been uh, kind of the same as we were in the beginning of the year when we were on that big stretch. We got out to about twenty nine and four. You know, the kind of the the energy and the you know the brotherhood hasn't really been the same the past few series. And this weekend, it was just the only way I can really put it. It was just electric. You know, in the dugout, on the field. You know in between games and you know the the dynamic between each other it was just it was just different you know we were all had each other's backs and you know we all rooted for each other and it just it just felt 
like it was at the beginning of the year and we had those big series against, you know, George Gwinnett and Faulkner. And it just it just felt like that. And I think we're in the, you know, going on the right direction here. And we're really excited for this weekend against St. Thomas. Yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, transition right into St. Thomas. You know, you've had big series wins this year against ranked teams like Faulkner. And uh, we split against Georgia Gwinnett. I'm, I fully believe if we would have played that third game, we would have won that series. What's it going to take to get the victory over the number six team in the country, get at least two of three this weekend? What do we got to do? Um, GGC? No, I said GGC is who uh, we should have beat, but St. Thomas is number six right now. Oh, St. Thomas. Okay. That's all I say, Thomas, uh, yeah. Honestly, just that, like, the same thing we did second game versus Warner, uh, Pitching was on point. Uh, didn't really give up too many freebies, and then as a offense, we were just we were just rolling, couldn't stop. You know, everybody was doing their job. Um, everybody did the little things right. Everybody was doing what they could do to produce for the team. And honestly, we play like that. That type of ball game that we played then is how we played when we played Faulkner, and mm. how we uh, played versus GGC and. And some of what how we did our southeastern, we just didn't hold our hand on the seventh and ninth inning. But if we keep everything like we did versus Warner game two, then I'll see how we could be beat. Yeah, uh, you said on southeastern, I, I felt like for the majority of games one and two, and we still have game three to make up later this year. By the way, do we have a date for that yet? Uh, we were told the twenty fifth of April this coming Monday. This coming Monday. All right. Yes. Awesome. Good deal. Um, We'll be done with spring ball then, so I'll be able to get there. I'm not going to be able to be there for much. I'll be there for game three, basically, this weekend because I got football. So, sorry about that, guys. All good, man. All good. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like we've been a very solid team all all year against big teams. We just kind of will get a lead, let it slip, or we get behind. It's just we're playing catch-up, and we've kind of had a tough time doing it. But when things have gone – Together for us, and we play our complete game. I think we're one of the top seven teams in the country, five, seven teams. <coughs> and so, excuse me, I'll scratch my throat. I hope that uh, continues to happen against St. Thomas. Let's talk a little bit about y'all's past, though. Uh, Todd, I know you're a Georgia boy. Josh, t- tell us a little bit about uh, your baseball j- journey and how you ended up at Weber. So, um, <coughs> out of high school, I was a late commitment to Seminole State College in Orlando, Florida. And that's actually where I met. Uh, Ty, who's my roommate now, a good friend of mine. Um, I went to Seminole State the first year during the COVID year and, um, you know, learned a lot first year in college and, you know, the COVID hit and that was that was a, a big time thing in sports. And then I went back for my second year at Seminole State College and, you know, continued to develop, you know, as a player, as a man and didn't get a lot of opportunity at Seminole State College. But um, I definitely, like, learned a lot and got a lot better. And I went to uh, – I played in the summer league in Orlando, the Florida Collegiate Summer League. And, um, you know, I got a lot of reps in that league. And um, the Weber coaches had got, uh, you know, someone reached out to the Weber coach about me. And uh, they reached out to me. And, you know, we got to talking about some video and things like that. And I went on a visit. And um, they offered me. And, you know, after the visit and talking with the coaches, you know, it sounded exactly what I needed and exactly a, a good fit for me and my family going forward. So I decided to, uh, you know, sign and come on and play for um, Weber. And so far, I have nothing but good things to say about Weber. You know, I love it here. You know, I love the guys, love the coaches. You know, I love the program. So 
definitely definitely the one of the best things that's happened to me in my baseball career is coming here without a doubt yeah you know that's something i've heard from a lot of guys um at weber uh, some for, uh, other universities as well but really weber and it's genuine it's something we talk about <clears throat> off camera or excuse me uh, off mic and on mic i think everybody really loves weber and you know, it's not obviously not the nicest university. You look at places in the Sun Conference like Southeastern, Kaiser, um, Ave, very nice campuses. But, you know, there's a seems like there's a real family element to Weber that just, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say makes it better, but it certainly adds to it because everybody loves Weber. And for a guy like you who, you, have, you still have how many years of eligibility left playing uh, ball? I have three more. Yeah, three more. So you still got a ton of time. Um to make memories and you know the guy who I'm the guy whose room we're actually doing this interview in DJ uh, we've had him on he's a fifth year golfer and I bring him up all the time because um, he breaks it down really well just how fast it, it comes at you one day you're a true freshman and you're just getting into your sport and next thing you know your career's over and or your college career is over and you're looking to make that next step um, you had a long time I talked with Noah about it too um, you know, guys that have this long time, don't take it for granted at all. But Ty, you're from Georgia. You're from kind of the wrong part of Georgia, North Georgia. It has nothing on South Georgia, I promise. North Georgia is very overrated, um, just in general. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just t- tell me a little bit about your time in Georgia, man, and how you ended up down here in Florida. Uh, yeah, so born in DeKalb County. Um. Uh, went to school at North Springs High School, which is in like Roswell, but I live in Fairburn, Georgia, which is uh, near, I would say, closest to like uh, the airport, Hartsfield Jackson. Mm-hmm. And um, out of high school, uh, so originally I uh, went to a tournament down in Florida, and this Seminole coach at the time uh, seen me, and he was talking to me for a little bit, and it was a JUCO, Seminole State. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, Dan really, he says I big leagued him, but I was just, you know, I wasn't too sure about Juco, you know. Of course, there are kids trying to go D1 out of high school, so I kind of, like, just put him on the back burner just in case, you know. And then um, uh, when it came around uh, the end of the school year, after I graduated, still looking for a school, and I uh, hit him back up, and that's how I ended up at Seminole. And then um, Seminole, uh, I, played, I played a good amount. And then eventually, I would say second half of the season, uh, this one kid who's now at Marshall played over me. And then that following year, I was playing, and just my bat didn't keep me in the lineup as an everyday. Well, I was I played a lot, but I wasn't an everyday player. If that makes sense, right? So, um, so that happened, and my bat average was not too good. So, uh, ended up at Lake Sumter after COVID year. And um, which I felt like was definitely a big eye opener, could definitely push me uh, that previous summer to just be a well rounded and better player on the ball field. And um, uh, during that summer after Lake Sumter, uh, uh, Saliba, who's the coach at Weber, hit me up, and that's how I'm here now. That's also you, you're uh, arrived around the same time as Josh, right? To Weber, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. Y'all met at one college, and then he comes here, you go somewhere else, and you end up at 
Weber anyways. And I mean, y'all are always yeah. together, y'all. They're kind of one, one of my favorite kind of bromances on the team. You know, it's uh, y'all y'all fun fun guys to to root for. Um, Josh, I'll I, I tell you why I said that. Um, you're two guys who I think have improved a lot this year. Um, I'll start with Josh, you know, being a freshman uh, catcher, you're not exactly the uh, most catcher build. You're kind of a, t- a tall, lanky guy. But when Tommy got hurt, you were put in that starter role for a good pit, good bit of the season. You know, what helped you prepare to be a starter and do very well in that role? Um, a lot of that went into it was, you know, I had some conversations with some of the coaches, especially um, Willie Carter, who who ended up going. He's now playing with the with the Braves. Dope. Me and him had a lot of time in the cage together talking, and I would get frustrated at times because, you know, coming from a place where I didn't get a lot a lot of opportunity, you know, of course I wanted to get the opportunity, you know, to play every day. That was like what I was looking for. But you know, um, like you said, I was I was put on the the number two role at the beginning. You know, Tommy had beat me out. You know, I full respect to him, you know, one of my great friends as well. Oh, yeah. When he went, you know, I knew I had to pick up the slack, like, you know, where he left it because he was doing very well before that happened. And a lot of the conversations that Willie and I had was to always stay ready, you know, to just play loose and, you know, just have a good time out there. And, you know, I just, you know, continued to continue <laughs> my same my same grind, you know, cage work and weight room and all these things. And, you know, just try to have fun out there and 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 win for the team, you know, I tried to keep the individual stats out of it because that's the surefire way to, you know, to have horrible stats is to care about your stats a lot. So I just, you know, went out there every day and tried to compete with the guys and do what I could to help us win. You know, things kept rolling. And so that's just kind of how, how it went whenever that went down. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in the booth this year was being able to call your first uh, home run here at Weber. That was a cool, that was a cool moment. I'm like, there's something about when you went up there that day. I think you said you'll be interviewing me after this game, and I was like, "Okay, we'll see." And then, sure enough, first at bat, first or second at bat, over the wall. I went crazy up in the booth. I loved that. And um, it was, it was. I remember saying that exactly because I think you were about to interview Tommy, and he had caught the first game, and I was about to catch the second one. I said, "Hey, Reagan, you know, that's get right. Ready to interview me after this game, that's right. I'm who, who was that? That was against Fort Lauderdale, I think." Uh, yeah, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, solid team, solid team. You know, they, um, I, I think they're going to be in the Sun Conference, maybe not next year, but in the coming years. Um, I don't know how much water that's that's holding, but I've just heard some people talking about it. So, at Fort Lauderdale, uh, hopefully being in the NAIA, which we'll see. But um, so with Ty, Ty, something that really impressed me with you this year was – Earlier in the year, you had a lot of defensive struggles um, you know, with the glove, throwing. Uh, your bat has been pretty consistent all year. I'd say it's gotten hot at the right time for sure these past few series, um, especially against Warner. But the the glove was a little shaky at the beginning of the year, and you, now you've become an excellent defender uh, in conference play. What was it that – or what did you change or what did you adjust that made you the great defender that you are right now? Well, I wouldn't even call it great. I feel like I still got a lot of work to do. But for the most part, then it was just just being not just being too tight and just overthinking and you know uh, just just um, playing playing too tight. You know, just when you play loose on defense, you just play a lot better. And you know, smooth is quick. You know, mm-hmm. and I just 
mentally wasn't wasn't doing that, you know, and um and uh, a lot of a lot of times like it wasn't even me fielding the ball, it was just the throwing in of it. And so I would get to a ball and, you know, just not smooth feed and, you know, just staying in one place which didn't allow my throw to be uh very accurate and um um, me and Saliba worked on that and just uh, working on different arm slots I'd be more comfortable at and and eventually it just all came around, you know, so now we're good to go. Just got to stay on it so yep. that, that won't happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think in this conference, everybody has great hitting, everybody has great pitching, but um, I think fielding is something that has been looked over a little bit. You look at, even in the Southeastern Series, they gave us a couple of gifts with some throwing errors. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to cash in on those in games one and two. Um, hopefully, we can get still get that win against Southeastern. I still think the Southeastern game may be one of our biggest games left because if we can sweep Thomas and maybe if we take two or three against uh, St. Thomas or even if we drop one, we still have that game against Southeastern that we can get to. But uh, obviously, a huge weekend coming up. And then we have Thomas and then conference play. Um, I'm sure right now it's a little difficult to look too much into conference play, kind of being right on the edge. Uh, I believe we're the five seed right now. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Okay, and um, that would have us matching up with, I think, St. Thomas in the first round again? I'm not really sure how the tournament works, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I don't. I think y'all may play two or <coughs> three. I'm not sure, but um, – if we if we can't get into the conference, I feel like we have the team to make a great run. But what will it take you know, besides just the talent and the arms and the lineup to you know get where we want to go and hopefully get to over forty wins this year? Well, I mean, you know, the we got thirty three wins right now and seven left on the schedule. So yeah, that's one know, way to do it. We got to win them all to get to forty. Yeah. So we're Try not to really think about that specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the back of our heads because that was the goal, you know, at the beginning of the year. But it's one of those things that, you know, if we keep playing well like we are, you know, that we can do that. Yeah. Um, okay, so move on so move on a little bit from Weber and all that. Uh, something I love asking baseball players is I feel like baseball, it's something where I wouldn't necessarily say like copycat, but something where if you see one guy succeed um, in the majors – it's someone who you kind of mirror. Uh, Josh, starting with you, who's a guy in the big leagues that you like to look at and watch highlights of or play like? Uh, this is an easy one. One guy that I, you know, I always watch is uh, JT Realmuto for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. You know, he's one guy that I try, especially catching. I try to mirror my game after him because you know he's one of the most successful, you know, catchers right now in the big leagues, mm-hmm. and you know his approach to catching is. Um, well, my approach to catching is similar to his, and I try to mirror his, like we were talking about. Yeah. So I definitely like to watch, you know, his videos and sometimes his uh, instructional videos on, you know, how he, you know, his early work and his progressions and, you know, what goes through his head when he's catching pens or catching in the game, you know, just to always try and get better. So, yeah, JT Romito is definitely. Yeah, I mean, the JT is a hell of a catcher. There's no doubt about that. Probably one of the – I don't think you can really name a better catcher. He's definitely top two – three in the MLB. Uh, unfortunately, he plays for the bad guys, the Phillies. Um, we're all Braves fans. We can all agree that guy is a Atlanta killer. He's not a play. He doesn't do much in the playoffs because the Phillies can never make the playoffs. So, But, uh, Ty, what about you? Who are some guys you look at? 
Um, so I'm gonna break it down to two things. I'm favorite team to watch right now, mm. and then favorite player right now. Favorite player, gotcha. even though he hurt, would definitely have to be my boy Ronald Acuna. Yes, sir. It's hard not to want to watch him. You know, he just brings that energy to the team, and you know, just a young guy who just brings a lot of passion. Even when he gets walked, you know, he's hyped up. You know. Or even like a simple ground ball, he's trying to beat it out, you know. All the different crazy celebrations he does when he hits the ball, you know, he just brings a lot of effort to the to the game that nobody can overlook, you know. And then um, a team aspect, I really love to watch the Blue Jays right now because their whole mm. one through nine is like 25 and under, bro. So, like, yeah, you got really Springer, who's pretty much like a vet at this point, but on the younger side. You got uh, Bichette, who's like 23. You got Vladdy, Teoscar. Um, uh, you got Guriel, you know. You got Chapman, who bat seventh, who was just the gold glover past few years. And, you know, just their whole team is just fun to watch. And, and um, they're just real young. And, you know, that's just, yeah, that's, that's what that is. I love watching yeah, them. That's who I have taken the pennant out the AL this year. I think it's going. Yeah. I think it's going to be the Blue Jays and the Braves. Yeah, I like that. If that happens, we'll have to go to the Battery in Atlanta. Yeah, have a few beverages up there. <laughs> so, uh, Ty, you're the first, ca- or not Ty? I'm sorry, uh, Josh, you're the first catcher that we've had on. How, how do you kind of work with a pitcher? Is it different, like guy to guy? Like, how? What's the difference between working with X and working <laughs> with the Outlaw? Because I feel like they have. I want to say different, but I feel like. Dylan is an absolute psychopath on game days, and X um, is a little bit more approachable. I've definitely had you know some time with both of them, like when I was catching a lot of the time. So I with X, it's more of a, they both have you know different mindsets, but similar in a way. They're both kind of very quiet on game day when it's their time to pitch. They're real quiet. They don't like to talk much. They have their own routines they go through. Mm. So I try and kind of stay out of their hair in terms of that. You know, we get to you get to throw in, and then it's, you know when they start working in getting closer to getting in the pen, you know, we start to talk about, you know, our our plan for that game. You know, we talk about some of the hitters that we noticed in BP. And, um, you know, we were – and then during the bullpen, we, you know, try to figure out what's working for them and what, what are they wanting to do. And then, you know, as the game goes on, you know, we try and just – you know, the first few innings we read how they're doing and, you know, the hitter swings and – you know, how to get them out the rest of the game and what's working for those pitchers. And and then we just kind of go from there. It's one of those things that we just kind of, you know, inning by inning, batter by batter, just, you know, try and figure out what's working best for them that day because they both, you know, on their best days, you know, they're pretty electric. So, But they're not always going to have their best stuff. So we got to figure out what's working for them that day so, you know, so they can be successful with what they got that day. Mm. What is the normal kind of talking to when you head out there and they're in a jam? Is it different? Got a guy that's pretty similar. If they're in a jam, um, you just want to go out there and calm them down. How does that kind of work? Um, definitely when, we, when there's a jam. So I like to go out there um, and just ask them, you know, how they're feeling, how's their arm feeling, you know, what are they what are they feeling, you know, what do they think's going wrong. You know, I try to give them my feedback on, like, kind of what I see based on, like, the misses that they're making with their pitches, you know, and ask them what do they feel comfortable with and um, tell them to just – deep breaths, you know, slow it down a little bit. Let's get this next first uh, first pitch strike over and go back to work. And you know, normally, you know, that kind of gets them back in the groove. And if I don't go out there normally, 
Colin's already on cue and he's ready to go out there. So we normally try and get him settled down and just let him know that, you know, trust their stuff. And one thing that we like to say at Weber is, you know, being comfortable in your own skin. So we just kind of try and get them to believe that and just go out there and compete their tails off, you know, for as long as their outing lasts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got one more kind of random catcher question. Have you ever caught a knuckleballer before? Well, we actually do have a guy on our team with a knuckleball. Uh, really? Percy, Gabe Percy has a knuckleball. I didn't know that. Uh, so, you know, occasionally, you know, he'll, I'll catch him and he'll throw the knuckleball. It's, it's definitely really, really tough to catch, especially since I, I haven't had any experience catching it, um, frequently at least. In the, in the summer league, I had one guy that would throw it occasionally as well, but I've never had a guy who's thrown a knuckleball consistently. So I, it's definitely a tough task whenever they say, hey, knuckleball's coming. So it's definitely really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, could you kind of explain to the audience uh, a little bit about the process of trying to catch a knuckleball for those who kind of don't know what a knuckleball is or how it moves or how it Okay, moves. so yeah. a knuckleball has uh, very little spin on it. You know, it kind of just comes at you. It comes out of their hand, and it just starts to, to move different directions. It's not spinning like a fastball or a curveball. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just floating in the air. And sometimes, you know, I have a late dive to it, or it'll stay up, or it'll cut, or something like that. So it's one of those things where you just got to try and catch it. You just got to try and catch the ball at first because you really have no idea where the ball's going or how it's going to move. It's one of those things where you just got to, you know, simple baseball things, see ball, catch the ball. So that's kind of how I, I look at it whenever it's coming to me. Because normally it's an account where there's two strikes or they're, you know, they're way ahead in the count. So, you know, I just try and make sure I catch it because more than likely the guy's going to swing at it. And, you know, I want to try and secure the strikeout. Mm-hmm. All right, so Ty, I got a question for you, man. So being a fellow Georgian now living in Florida, which state do you like living in more? And I'm not asking which state's better because that's an obvious answer. But which state do you enjoy living in more? I want to see if we have the same answer. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Florida, man. It's always warm weather, you know. Yeah. Georgia, you know, it get kind of crazy, especially – where I stay uh, more north towards Atlanta, you know, around February, January, it's like 30, 40 degrees. But, you know, down oh, here yeah. in Florida, you know, it's, it's never too crazy out here. But, um, yeah, you just can't can't beat the beaches, man, you know. Um, Even on campus. Orlando, on our but, campus, we got so, a beach. Say it again? I said on, on our campus, on Weber's campus, we got a beach. Exactly, exactly. You can't beat that, man. No, nah, beach Florida's clubs. Like, Florida's like a paradise, man. Yeah. So I just want to talk a little bit uh, more about Weber before I let y'all head out for the night. Um, now y'all have y'all haven't been here too long. A uh, little bit. When y'all when y'all get here? Y'all get here in the fall or did y'all get here in the spring last year? Oh, we got here this fall in August. Okay, so we've been here the about the same time. Uh, what is it about Weber? Uh, Josh, start with you, and then Ty, you can just follow up. What is it about Weber that's made it? so so special for y'all so far um to be honest you know the best part about it is you know ever since the fall started like the you know the team chemistry that we've had from the beginning like you know getting along with a lot of the guys and you know hanging out with a lot of the guys outside of baseball and knowing that you know i've made some real really genuine good friends Mm -hmm. here at weber baseball and other sports as well 
And I find that, you know, like you said earlier about like the, the family atmosphere, like, you know, everybody seems to get along and it's just, it's just a nice place to be. You don't have to, you know, there's not a lot of things to worry about. So it's just nice to have a, like a group of people who are trying to achieve the same thing and, you know, are trying to, you know, work for the same thing, especially with us on the baseball team. So I really like the, the brotherhood that we've developed here uh, with Weber Baseball. Absolutely. In Utah? Uh, I would definitely say it has to be the, for one, like the coaching, you know, especially before the coaches left, uh, a, bit, a bit of our coaches left before they went off to like, uh, spring training and stuff like that. Like we just had a lot of resources and a lot of schools. You honestly don't get that, especially uh, like especially the pr- previous JUCOs. Like you don't, especially not that much of IQ on one team like that. That's that's pretty rare. You know, we always had somebody like Willie to talk to, and Colin knows knows what he's talking about. And, you know, he's yeah. very upfront and stuff. You know, and just won't sugarcoat anything. You had Hawks. No. You had. Um, you had every, pretty much the whole the whole culture staff knows what they're talking about, and it's just good to have that. And then also, you know, like the players that that's around. You know, we all we all trying to succeed as one. You know, and and we're we're pretty good athletes. You know, so we're it's just a fun thing to be around. You know, nobody's holding each other back. You know, we're all just full centered and trying to go as far as we can. So, yes, sir. God, I love it, man. Now, uh, one last question for you. This is about me. This is about game day. The interviews after the game. Is there a certain outfit that I wear that when I'm wearing that outfit, it's like, all right, we got to go win. I need to know so I can start wearing it more. Y'all like the all black? Y'all like when I throw the gray pants on with the white button down? What's that? What's the best outfit I wear? Hey, honestly, man, you keep doing you, man. I like all the fits, man. I ain't judging you. I like yeah. it all, man. Especially yeah. when you throw, like, the J's on. Like, yes, sir. Hey, That's the right. There you go. Right answer. Ty got the right answer. I'll piggyback off that. I, I'm I'm with him on the on the outfits. I just my favorite part is is the swag on your feet. Oh exactly. yeah, it's either the lemon pepper steppers or the ones, gentlemen. I don't know which like, one. I you the very first like the first game of the season. I was like, okay, because I didn't really know you like that. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this man got Jays on. You know, it's like he's professional with a little swag. So that's how I need to be, man. Got to. I think one. I think ones should be considered more dress shoes when you wear them right. I think they're a very stylish shoe that should be wore a little bit more, especially in the sports business in- industry. Well, all right, gentlemen, that, um, that's all the questions I got for y'all. Uh, as always, y'all got any for me, fire away. If not, I'm all good, boys. Um, I got one question for you, man. How you think the Bulldogs are going to do football this year? 15-0 and national champions. 15-0 national champions? 15-0 national champions. Oh, I got a little story. I'm sorry? Who going to play in the Natty? Ohio State. All right, bet, bet we'll, that. We'll play. Not Florida, right? But hell no, Florida gonna be in like the Camping World Bowl or something, the Cheez It Bowl. <laughs> they gonna be, they gonna, they gonna lose the UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl, and that ain't even yeah, a joke. That should happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, did y'all see what UCF did? They got rings for that, for that bowl game. UCF got rings for beating Florida. Yep. Good. Beating six and six Florida. Hey, hey, he's tight. He's tight. He's tight. He's mad. Hey, it's a, it's all good, Josh. You know, you remember all that time y'all said forty one years, forty one years. Boy, it ain't been it been real quiet since Tebow left Gainesville. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. It been except for that one COVID year where y'all still went like nine and four, but Kyle Trask was the goat. 
Kyle Trask was arguably the second best quarterback to play at Florida. Ah, uh, Steve Spurrier, Tim Tebow, Danny Warfel. Danny Warfel. So he made yeah. Kyle Trask put up some unbelievable numbers. He put up better numbers than Joe. Felipe Brooks. Franks. <laughs> All right, crickets, crickets. <laughs> no, I love playing Felipe Franks, man. He was fun. He was fun to play against, uh, or watch play against. Yeah, I'd like I'm on, I'm on the team. Maybe if I could punt the ball like 50 yards and like with a five-zero hang time, I go to Georgia. Until I can do that, I think I'm gonna stick it out here at Weber. <laughs> nah, man, I ain't going nowhere. This place is my home, home, guys. But yeah. Um, no, no, see, I think Georgia's going to do really good this year, man. Um, not exactly the toughest schedule in the regular season. We got Oregon to start out. They will probably play Alabama, and I think we'll take care of them the first time this time. I think uh, Alabama will be probably – they'll probably put Alabama playing Ohio State in the first round. And I think Ohio State's really good. Like, honestly, Ohio State was a one team this year. I was like, I'm – I would be legitimately worried about playing this team, but Ohio State going Buckeye, so they choked. Um, the other team, the fourth team, I really, I'm not sure. I like Baylor. Baylor's going to be, they're bringing a lot back. Pitt, Pitt is bringing everybody back. They lost Kenny Pickett, but they got us um, Slovis from uh, from USC. So I think Pitt will be really good in a weak conference. Clemson will be really good in the ACC weak conference. I, I got know. a sleeper. Who you got? If you say Florida, Longhorns. Long Ooh. Quinn Evers. Yeah, this interview about over, man. I don't know. What to yeah, tell me this though. How how you feel about once Texas and Oklahoma come to the SEC? How you feel about that? They'll be they'll be kind of like Ole Miss and Arkansas. You know, they'll have some good seasons, but they ain't ever going to be. <laughs> Dang. That was a mistake by them. <laughs> I mean, you went from the cream of the crop, especially Oklahoma, Texas. They trash, but no. But also, also, uh, I I want Texas to be back because I think it's good for college football. Get in that a second. No, I mean they'll they'll be mid. They'll be incredibly mid in the SEC. Um, yeah. One of them is going to. It'll probably be Oklahoma. I would assume that they'll throw. In the SEC West, and they'll just get they domed. I t- Hold on, I have an Oklahoma fan. I have an Oklahoma fan in this house. Let me call him. Rocky, 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 come on! I need you on the podcast. Let's go. Rocky, 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 Rocky. we're getting a we're getting a sooner on the podcast. So these gentlemen want to know how you feel about. Oklahoma coming to the SEC. Oh, we're finna dog everybody. Oh, yeah. only, only people that's gonna give us problem: Alabama, maybe Georgia, maybe. maybe. So the team. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. You know what? You're gone. You're good. All right. I just want. I, that's the hot take of Rocky today. There we go. Just want him to spew that knowledge. Just, just spew that. There we go. Yeah. I, the boys are in the house. They're all. Yeah, I'll get them talking football, and we'll have that'll be a podcast right there. Definitely gonna have to put the explicit next to that episode if we ever do that. But all right, gentlemen, um, any more football questions or anything y'all got for me? Fire away! I mean, I'm I'm hot now. All good. All right, boys, I really appreciate it. it a great interview. Um, that'll do it for today's episode of the Suncast Podcast. Uh, 
two great interviews, three great young men who have very, all three of very bright futures in the Sun Conference. Look forward to calling Josh and Ty. Noah, I hope he does well until he's playing Weber, which hopefully just continues on his little career arch where he just blows everybody out the water. And then against Weber, we just have his number. But um, that'll do it. Everybody have a great, great uh, week. We will be back with two awesome interviews, Robin Fernandez of St. Thomas and Rob Adams, the ace of the Southeastern Fire, will be on Friday's episode. Love y'all. Have a good one.